For almost a decade on my TV show Interview with Ed, I've been interviewing extra-dimensional beings and consciousnesses from a number of different realms. Many of my questions have been answered, but with every answer comes more questions. Join me on my ongoing quest to find out who are we, why are we here, and where are we going? All right. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome, Miss Welcome Z. Z, your star. How's it going? Hello. It's going well. I do invite y'all to come on camera and hang out. Um, I got gallery view going on today, so I'm excited. Perfect. Yeah, we're going to... Um, so I was kind of wanting to first play catch up. Uh, you and I, we've been catching up over the past few weeks or so, but um, play catch up for the audience who may uh, has may have only seen your interview that I did with you. Um, and if they're not following you regularly, uh, then we kind of have some catch up to do. Uh, so I f- figured we be- do that first and then we can just open the door and go into the plethora of subjects that I'm sure we could talk about for hours and hours. Open um, the gates. <laughs> open the gates. So first off, um, you're now in Canada, correct? Yes, I am in Canada. I'm actually Canadian. I just flew into my Saturn return this year, turned 28. So my bubble of being in the new age and being all spiritual has bursted and I've landed back on Earth. Quicker, there is all sorts of different things that are involved in uh, building the new Earth, as we say. So it's pretty exciting. I Truly did not see this coming, but now that I'm here, I it all makes sense. So, <laughs> well, you're you're also recently a mother, correct? Yes, I gave birth April 13th to a little girl. Her name is Kara. She just grew two little teeth on the bottom of her mouth, so that's pretty exciting. She well, also we, bites we... now too, so that's also exciting. <laughs> and I'm sure that's helping sort of bring you back to earth a little bit. Um, yeah, the whole experience. Kind of. I mean, she came to Earth with this massive golden cord of light to source through her crown. So she's been landing that cord through me and my husband. And so it's been like a nonstop psychedelic trip that she's been born. Um, but in other ways, she's definitely been grounding us as well in the Earth reality. So, Well, you talked in our interview, we talked about Kara. You, you, you go Kara one, right? Um, one. <laughs> how, do you, how do you label those experiences? But yeah, Kara one uh, in the interview. Part one. Part one. That was sort of, um, you know, talked about and, and, uh, and then things shifted. It was shortly after that visit, we were visiting you. We were filming for the school project and, and then we got on the road and then, uh, the, like the next time I talked to you, things had totally changed. All of a sudden, you're getting married in front of the skull uh, in in Chasta by our our friend Heather uh, yeah. and and her her <laughs> husband at the time, Matthew, and that's shifted drastically too. So yeah, yeah. you're just I, timeline slip and slide and all over the place these days. Yeah. There. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was, uh, I'm, you know, doing some editing last night, uh, late on the Skull Project, and 
just the amount of shifts that uh, people have been going through in their personal lives in just a short amount of time. It's just, it's phenomenal. Uh, you know, from just my documentation of these types of, you know, <laughs> you, you guys. So uh, it's great. <clears throat> it's awesome to see because it's, it's turbulent, but yet there's so much growth in, in uh, happiness that's, that seems to be occurring during these uh, big, big shifts. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I would love to share with your audience just kind of that little transition there because it was kind of pivotal. Yeah. And I feel like you meet so many people and only in hindsight do you really notice like the kind of unique connections sometimes, you know, because, you know, Ruben, I met Ruben through a mutual friend of ours, Harlan. And he's like, oh, you know, Ruben makes this cool um, documentaries and he interviews cosmic people. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And so, you know, around the equinox, he texts me. He's like, hey, I'm making this documentary with the skull. We're going around doing grid work. Can we come over to your land? And uh, I was like, oh, well, yeah, come on over. I guess we can re-record our episode while we're here. So that was a general plan that we made. And then the day that the skull, I think this was like the day before the equinox that you guys rolled into town. Yeah. I had this crazy fever. It was like, I felt like it was like one of the weirdest fevers I've ever had. I was delirious. Um, uh, Ruben's friend, what's his name again? Zach, right? Who made Zach. the music. Yep. So he had um, Zach make music. So he sampled my voice. I made this like really incredible, like trippy music. And so as I'm in the depth of this feverish delirium, Zach sends me this song and it's basically this like remixed trippy sound of my own voice. And then I'm, I'm flying out and I'm, you know, just tripping balls and like Kara comes and like, I'm coming back. And I'm like, what? She's like, I'm coming back. I'm like the skull. And then the Ruben texts me. He's like, I just, we just got to town. We just got here. It was all just this very cinematic moment. And at that time, I think I was still a bit in denial. I was like, oh, like, does she mean we're going to be working together or is she going to be back in the spirit realm or whatever? So then the next couple of days, they come over with the skull. And of course, uh, Bill, he's doing a session with me. He's like, I see these hundreds of avatar babies flying around you. <laughs> and he goes, I think you're going to be with child soon. I was like, wait, what? And then three days later, my current uh, husband emailed me. He was like a student in my school prior to that. And he's like, hey, I really need a session. And so like a few days after the skull left, I ended up connecting with this man. And then the rest was history. So then um, I met him in person finally in June. And this was not an accurate reflection of my character really, but I got pregnant like three weeks. Well, yeah. um, it like was like week. an orchestration you know like I'm usually so like in my energy and I was you know still with my previous partner at that point where it, which I, I created Kara number one with I guess whatever language around that so it was just this crazy timeline shift it was like this massive collision so I got pregnant in July and we planned this grid work trip. So I do this dragon line trip. Um, I did it for two years in a row. Basically, the dragon lines are the biggest ley line systems around the earth. There are 12 or 15 
um, lines. I think they're supposed to be 24. Um, they're just not online totally yet, or they've not yet been discovered. But um, essentially at that point, I hadn't uh, scientifically confirmed these lines yet, but I was guided to run this particular line across the U.S. And at that point, we started in Mount Shasta and I decided to do this again. And I end up in Mount Shasta and Bill was there with the skull. And on the lion's gate, it was the day after, so eight, nine. I woke up in the morning and I looked over at Shane. That's my husband's name. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if the skull married us today? And oh, so that was your idea. Yeah. Hey, I, I was just like piecing, you know, sometimes like all the puzzle pieces are there. And you're yeah, just yeah. like, wait, like, let me just use my critical thinking for a second and just like place all of the clues together. So then Bill texts me. He's like, hey, like, Ruben has this friend and you're going to see Ruben like kind of at the the glue that is kind of facilitating all this behind the scenes somehow. Um, he's like, yeah, Ruben has this friend named Heather. She's amazing. She has... Um, this land, her and her partner, you know, they're uh, connected to the native guardians of this mountain. And we'd love for you guys to meet. So we end up at her shop and they just look at us and they're like, we have to take you to this sacred site that's sacred to our people. And we're like, okay, so we're going, we end up at this like beautiful twin tree. And it was Bill and Ruben's friends, uh, Heather and Matthew. And they're, they, Matthew starts banging this, you know, this drum, this medicine drum. And they're like, all right, the ancestors have brought us here today. We're just going to tune in and ask the spirits, you know, what is the highest outcome for our gathering? And then Heather, <laughs> um, they basically channel. They're like, all right, guys, like spirit said that we can marry you guys today here. If you guys would like for us to facilitate the ceremony. And Bill's like, well, the skulls never officiated any weddings before, but, you know, the spirits think it's really hard to do this. So, like, we, I was, like, looking over at him, and he's looking at me, he's like, can we say no? Or, like, are we just cosmically or... Because at that point, we just met, like, in person two months before that, right? <laughs> and while we'd already done a lot, like, we, we used to, like, merge light bodies and fly out into the cosmos and do all sorts of crazy grid work together. But it's different when you meet in person and like you're meeting the human personality for the first time. So we're just kind of like, well, I guess Kara and the skull and the mountain has facilitated and Ruben somehow. <laughs> He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I got the call later. I was like, oh, okay. Can we get that on film? Then I had to call Ruben. I'm like, Ruben, like, just never guess what happened. Yeah, it was kind of shocking, but not really. When you're following, when you're following the bill and the skull around, all kinds of crazy stuff happens. So, uh, shocking, but not really. Um, yeah, right. It's not, but it's still it is too. Yeah. It's human. You're like, wait, which just... right, right, and and more stuff has happened since. But now you're in in Canada and you're continuing your work. You had to play mom for a minute and get uh, get that going i guess that's ongoing that'll never stop so it's, <laughs> but um but what's exciting is is the work that you're continuing to do with ley lines and healing the traumas recently you just did a course can you explain what you did there um 
in, in where your work is sort of guiding you? Yeah, it's very interesting. So I feel like my work, I would say that my I'm a professional oracle or I'm an oracle. I guess it's not really a profession. Mm-hmm. Here in the 3D, we would call it a profession, but that's not really what it is. Um, I feel like there's a differentiation between an oracle and a channel, at least as I've been trained. And the main difference, as I'm discovering, is that, you know, channels basically, um, I feel like it's more of a technical process where you're psychically connecting to different energies and you're able to connect and be a channel for these energies and orate, so speak communicate these energies into this world and so i recently shared on my instagram stories because i found this video of abraham who uh, abraham hicks or esther hicks who channels abraham and in this clip she was channeling basically the spirits of scientists and she was saying we're so excited for this vaccine this vaccine is amazing is saving the world as a solution to COVID or whatever. And I was like, wait, <laughs> right? Um, and it's just this great example that oftentimes we place channels in this um, societal position where we listen to what they have to say. And I think this is a remnant of the ancient times when we did have a deep reverence for temple oracles and channeling as it is in his layman terms is really a temple art, it is an art of the priest and priestess. It is an art of connecting in with higher dimensional energies. And this is the same art as shamanism, right? Shamanism is essentially the act of connecting in with higher dimensional energies and beings for the purpose of growth, receiving wisdom and acquiring healing. So obviously that is the light or the cleanest way of uh, interfacing with interdimensional energy. And of course, there's all other things that people do when they interface with interdimensional energy as well. So um, I feel like with that being said, my training has been really around being like the purest vehicle for original creation energy as possible. So the only energies that I will channel um, as an oracle, my vessel is a sacred container that is reserved for um, Pachamama, Divine Mother Earth, and Source Creation, and the guardian consciousness that work in alignment with those energies. Um, and so I'm, I'm really just witnessing this immaculate story unfold, and I contacted Ruben about this, because I want to film some sort of documentary because the earth is wanting to tell a story. And I feel like the story has to do with these new dragon lines that are coming online. This new dragon, crystalline, crystal, original creation consciousness that is wanting to come online. And so uh, I guess you guys know from my interview with Ruben, um, my daughter, she really inspired a lot of this to come through. She um, is a master being that was carrying a lot of the original codes of creation. And she coached me and taught me 
um, and we facilitated a couple of um, creation uh, magic courses while I was pregnant with her both times. And essentially, we were opening this Stargate portal to original creation consciousness as she was coming through. And she had to weave back to the other side to complete the the portal, essentially. Um, and so this time, since she's come through, um, the fascinating thing is that we had planned for this um, over the 9-11 weekend. We wanted to do this planetary dragon line activation. And then the day before our event started, the queen died. <laughs> like the, not like the, I guess some people say like the queen was already dead or whatever. It doesn't really matter because it's all like uh, a theater, right? It doesn't really matter. What matters is the collective consciousness. That's kind of the field that I work in. And so what this really told me was that there's an old consciousness or the false queen consciousness, the false queen and king of tyranny system. And the human slavery mind control systems that the queen represented, um, it had to die in order for this new grid to actually fully come online, which we'd been talking about. I, I was just in awe because the earth was telling me like this new divine, feminine, true queen network was going to come online. And then I watched the queen die like the day before I even started. So I was just like really in awe. And then I feel like lately I've been <clears throat> working a lot with the original serpent energy of the earth. Uh, like this uh, original mother deity that we have as the earth, like her consciousness, she is actually like a living being. And how I see this is really similar to cosmic uh, energies in incarnating. It's like there's one central spirit and then she can actually emerge into the volcano and become a volcano goddess or emerge into the rivers and incarnate as a river goddess and so or come into a human vessel and be a um a priestess you know where we're carrying these um, fibers <laughs> of her and then there's this fascinating um like today, there's a there was an assignment that just came in this morning. It was about this fallen Nephilim reversal artificial patriarchy kind of war that's been like siphoning on her. And it's very interesting. I hope I'm not just like going off on a tangent. Yeah, I was going to say. Just where I'm at today. Is that the Sophia consciousness? Is that what? We, we, we term that consciousness. I think that is an incarnation of mm -hmm. the one source, Sophia Christ consciousness. Uh, I feel like, yeah, I've been really liking using the terms original creation just because it's um, pulling on just that clear energy before it differentiated, before it became, you know, individual forms. And this is pre predating uh, Lemuria consciousness, right? Before like Mu and Lemuria mm -hmm. and those, when those consciousnesses were coming into earth and filling earth out. I think that's where the distortion started to happen around those yeah. times. I think that is very deeply connected to the Mu Lemuria consciousness. Mm -hmm. I also feel like these are very deep 
archetypal energies that humanity is working through right now because right. we're essentially seeing like you sent me this idea of solar punk which i loved mm -hmm. by the way i like couldn't get enough of it and i feel like it's this perfect uh, marriage of the highest timelines of atlantis and Mu, mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, when we really think about it, and I had this conversation with you, Ruben, I was like, I feel like in the new age, a lot of times when we think about the new earth, there's this like false architecture where people think we're going to go back to the caveman ages. Right. And yeah. there's a lot of things that sound good in theory. Like, and this is the thing, like the AI will attach itself to ideologies. It'll make things sound really good. It'll be like, oh, living in the forest with all your friends and they commune is what we want but then yeah. what we really actually begin to think those things all the way through we realize that it's easily those things will turn into communism or something yeah um, but because you know a lot of star seeds you know we hated history class and so we didn't really learn about like socialism right. and communism we think that oh because we're awakened we're going to get into a community and we're going to have heaven on earth but what is the truth is that these distortions they're in our dna yeah. And so we're still going to have these things. We're just going to take all these things right into the commune and it's going to organically turn into something that, you know, we'll probably blame negative aliens for down, down the line. Yeah. Yeah. We were having kind of that conversation last week with Bridget. Uh, yeah. She was on and, and I guess she had joined a, a commune type group or something for a minute and realized that it didn't work out so well. Um and and, I, and we've seen that over and over again. You know, I don't, I, I know there's intentional communities that work out fairly decent, but when you start getting into those super closed groups, all kinds of drama comes up and, and yeah. then they, you know, power struggles and the same issues we're dealing with on a larger scale now, but uh, they get more um, uh, intense quicker uh, because, you know, the, the, yeah. People, uh, not saying that they don't work. Uh, I just know that it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, they can, yeah, they can yeah. work. I think uh, we just um, who's I don't remember whose quote this was, but I think it might be in the Art of War, where mm -hmm. they say you shouldn't ever underestimate your enemy, mm -hmm. which I think is the downfall oftentimes, where we're like we're God and we're powerful star seeds and yay. And then it's like, well, I feel like my work has been really about discovering like what genetic degradation actually is and just how sneaky it has been, how sneakily it has infiltrated into our DNA and into our consciousness. And so bioregenesis or the study of the restoration of our DNA and our light body is so essential. And the CIA has done a great job at infiltrating our community enough that nobody actually is getting to the depth of this healing work and this level of, um, yeah, bioregenesis or crystal DNA uh, genetic work. Um, yeah, and so, like, recently... Um, the codes that have been coming through have to do with the restructuring of our densities one, two, and three energies, which in the false light new age, we do a great job of saying, oh, the 3D is crumbling. We're going to the 5D. There's no such thing about 3D anymore. We're going to be in the heart. 
animals like okay that's great but everything that's human about us exists in the lower chakras actually the whole point of ascension is for us like biologically would be to actually bring our consciousness into densities one two and three which is where all the distortions are i guess not all the distortions but most of the distortions that we see in our human beingness right and so um, it has to do with the heart actually fractalizing its perfect geometry from the seed crystal into our human self, into our solar plexus and our sacral chakra and our root. And this is a horrific thing to do. It sucks. And it is absolutely ridiculous because you then really see the level of bio-spiritual abuse that has gone on. Mm, on the planet okay and while people are really obsessed with secret space programs and being abducted and stuff and even human trafficking like what we realize then is that this whole planet has been a massive human trafficking ring and if you've eaten a pop-tart if you've gotten vaccinated if you watched pornography or were exposed to britney spears on tv in passing then you were trafficked you know on a consciousness on on an energetic level and of course that's not to scare anyone because obviously you have a soul and your soul is a fractal of original source creation so that original source creation is here to restructure right it's like only through that alignment and then allowing that light to fully fractalize through our human self do we even start our journey in a path of liberation and then only do we start on that path to true liberation can we really shine the light for humanity to do that as well. And it's just a lot. That's is a lot. Um, yeah, we have to realize just how deep it is. I mean, in order to build a foundation, you have to find sturdy land, right? You can't you build it on sand and it's going to fall apart. Uh, yes. So you have to find good land and then uh, and then tend to that land, right? And make sure that the that the land is going to be strong enough to hold your house, right? Your your structure, whatever you're going to be building. So that's what we're I think we're doing right now is, you know, healing the land first to so we can build new structures. Yes. Um, and and I feel that's where this the whole idea of the new earth and your work and what I'm also sort of trying to preach and teach is um is these fundamental basics that we have a lot of work to do to it's not like you said you can't just um bypass the those lower chakras or those lower uh, energies and just build a structure otherwise it's going to fall apart again it's kind of like we're on the battlefield and we're already at a disadvantage because we're not in our home field right we're like in the false matrix mm -hmm. And then they got a head start because by the time we woke up, they've already done what they have done to our DNA. We've already yep. been massively programmed and all of that stuff. So um, Anna Perna says every path is individual as well. And absolutely, I feel like um, I am on this path of Christic biological ascension. Um, this work that I'm doing is very specific and very particular. Um, and I feel like it is basically the indigo mission. Like if you resonate with being an indigo, being a star seed, um, then we have this unified mission that has gone on for a really long time. 
that's basically the Blu-ray or the 144,000 um, Founder Flames. Um, there's many. I just found out I'm I'm one of the I'm a Blu-ray. <laughs> plenty news lately. What's that? We've been talking about this for like years or something. <laughs> well, uh, apparently there's an astrologer that Heather introduced me to, right. or took my uh, my um, uh, charts or whatever you know my my birth information to uh in in joshua tree here or palm desert in um some renowned apparently she was uh liberace's uh, astrologer um at some point and um this old lady i'm gonna go meet her in person in a few weeks but uh you know i got a text back from heather the other day she's like yep you're a blu-ray you're in there so i'm like okay that means um yeah but but yeah so sorry to interrupt but yes that there's a lot of work to do you got a lot of work to do. Yeah. I mean, because it has to do with um, coming home. Absolutely. Right. It's just all about where you want to go in one lifetime. And then if you don't get there in one lifetime, are you willing to commit to it for however many lifetimes it takes? Okay. Right, right. Right. <laughs> well, that that was sort of the call, you know. Dolores's work talks about the um, the different waves, right? The different um, souls that decided to come and incarnate at this time, and probably from the other side of the veil, it's oh, it's just a quick little uh, <laughs> excursion, and we'll get this done and whatever on this earth plane. But it's generations, it's lifetimes, it's you know thousands of years, it's several cycles. And Adam Apollo talks about it in his, um, through his downloads, uh, coming in during the, the last fall, you know, Atlantis and, um, and sort of getting stuck here in a sense, um, uh, which I don't think there's such a thing as getting stuck here. I think it's more of a, these are choices, soul level choices that we're, we make, but in a sense, you know, getting caught up in the cycles and, and I think um, there's been definitely things that we didn't see coming like anomalies and situations that we didn't quite like for example the way that the AI has driven people into doing certain things like I do believe that there has been yanas or ascended entities that were um stuck here through ritual binding through yeah. uh, abuse, ritual abuse, and yeah. burnings, and Cathar exterminations, mass genocides, things like that. I think we definitely had various of our soul pieces bind it to different reversal grid gates and places like that on the earth as well. And I feel yeah. like many of us are, it's like they thought that it's like every, th every time the AI. <laughs> the evil people, they do something that they think is advancing their agenda, it ultimately backfires on them, is what I've noticed. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And so, yeah. Well, I think uh, also, so the, the the difference now is there's this awareness, like with your work, you're showing people how these traumas from past ritual traumas, however the traumas happen, you know, there's so many ways to experience the trauma through uh, emotional um, craziness, physical wars, you know, what, whatever it is. And we're seeing that we have to clear these traumas 
in order to start the new foundation, right? So part of that work of the land even is is going through the land and doing, you know, doing the grid working, doing uh, ritual um, clearings and um, and sort of really uh, going deeper and in, in connecting in to the energies and releasing that so we can start to build on a new foundation without the traumas and without all of you know the goofiness that's that's in, kept this land this planet in a uh, lower density form so i feel you're teaching that we have uh, this awareness now where before we just kind of went through the paces humanity just did the traumas and all right now we're gonna do this again and you know oh, just this, cycles and cycles of 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 traumatic experiences not realizing the mechanism uh, that these tra traumas are what's keeping uh, us, you know, bound to the lower lower energies. Um, so as we uh, process ancestral traumas and um, can clear these, and and I had just mentioned I you know recently took took part in uh, uh, an ayahuasca experience that. Um, uh, helped clear um I, I hadn't been in for a while i usually go in once a year or so to kind of uh get a pineal cleaning um and uh it's like, the, like dental hygiene but it's like dental hygiene yeah yeah it's for your pineal gland um and uh <clears throat> so the 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 theme of the night was healing the ancestral wounds and um we had a very international crowd people from all over the world, uh, Lebanon and Russia and other places. So it was very much felt this ancestral healing um, happening in the room. But I feel that's just a reflection of, you know, the, 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 the greater collective now is we carry in our DNA all of this trauma stored up from these uh, different cultures and belief systems and ideas and religions. And uh, on the cellular DNA level, clearing that, you know, not forgetting the positive side of all the uh, um, different religions and cultures. There's a lot of amazing gifts that have come from going so deep into some of these areas. Uh, so embracing those, the uniqueness and the individual um, uh, amazing individual stories that come from uh, the, the, these amazing different cultures and things. Uh, but letting go of all the trauma because the the traumas is kind of what keeps has been keeping people from from their um, evolution. So, anyways, I wanted to just remind the audience: your whole journey sort of started with this this idea from being a geneticist from Andromeda. We didn't really talk about that much. Yeah. So I woke up at the end of 2012 like a lot of people in this current ascension wave. I was a classical pianist that was studying at university. And then I was like, I quit. This was life ain't for me. And then as soon after that, I was in the back of a taxi cab and I hear this sound in my voice. You're like, where are you from? And I was like, I don't know, China. And they're like, Andromeda. The heck is that? I didn't even know that Andromeda was a galaxy at that point. In my life, because I was just this studious, I was born in China. My parents are Chinese. I'm half generation Canadian. So 
I'm quite, I was quite traditionally Asian. I was traditionally uh, brought up. So I went on the internet and I searched people from Andromeda or something. Of course, that's where I found about, found out about star season. I was like reading there, like, you've always been a weirdo. You didn't fit in anywhere. I'm like, yep. <laughs> You're like, you think that humans should be having more fun on the planet or something. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so that's when I first, I guess, woke up. And then um, I kept communicating with this being this voice i turned out that he actually was incarnate on earth his name was stuart he died around that exact same time where he first made contact with me he bought a piece of land in new mexico he told the landkeeper that one day this little chinese girl from andromeda was gonna come then this voice literally guided me to this land and that's where i lived for a few years there was like a stargate that was basically being newly constructed there and for a couple of years, I just kept training in my dream time with my Taoist ascendant ancestors and various galactic uh, families, um, basically uh, remembering and coming into contact with higher dimensional aspects of myself. So at this current time, I'm under the in the awareness that every human being, especially the star seeds, we have stations of consciousness in every dimension or density all the way up into 12D and beyond. And so that's why we resonate with various star systems and sometimes multiple of them is because we actually have avatars or stations of ourself in those spaces. And it's really all about activating. We're coming into embodiment. So connecting to those parts of us and then stuffing it. <laughs> it's like a Christmas sock, but it never ends. <laughs> um, and this is the trick. It's like, it's about excavating and cleaning out because if you grew up on earth, which we all did, I guess, um, for the first 21 years of your life, so the first seven years, your root chakra is forming and then your sacral chakra is forming and then your solar plexus is forming in seven to nine year cycles. So this is the time when your earth light body is first coming into formation. Right. That's when your human personality is kind of taking form, your human identity, your understanding of reality. That's a lot of data that you've literally stuffed into the computer for 20 somewhat years when once you've matured into an adult and it kind of continues like our brain. It develops mostly in the first five years. Your light body is really mostly developing the first 20 to 28 years. And so the main thing that we have to do once we wake up is actually basically deleting files that are just outright lies <laughs> and then installing new files that are actually who we truly are. <laughs> so that's kind of the work that we hold space for, uh, helping starseeds activate into those levels of consciousness because many of us are also carrying genetic distortions, you know, that, that that are our assignments. So for example, I'm pretty sure there are various strands. Okay. So our earth ancestors, we have all sorts, right? We have like thousands of ancestors. And so usually when we choose what bloodlines we're coming in, we're taking a look at the level of light quotient that our ancestral light body is able to facilitate and also the kind of genetic degradations that have occurred in the bloodline. 
So many of us will choose lineages that are connected to our angelic and galactic lineages. So for example, the Taoist people received their original Taoist teachings, which is about the mechanics of creation from the angelics, from the seraphim angelics. And so the angelics understand creation on a higher geometric mathematical way that the Taoists kind of translated into kind of human perceptions and human understandings. So instead of saying, oh, we have a perfect genetic template that is resonating in original source consciousness, they would say, you know, as a human, we have to cultivate certain virtues that are of, you know, good manners or whatever. So patience, humility, kindness, those kinds of things. The angelics would say those are the qualities of creation, the qualities of original God. We are incarnations of source creation. But the Taoists would say, you know, we are cultivating these positive human virtues. So they're one and the same, just refractions of each other, right? So um, our earth lineages will then be carrying those teachings that ultimately come from source. And so many of us will actually be um, kind of lifting our ancestral teachings back into alignment. So for example, in my lineage with the Taoists, they uh, believe that, for example, our sexual energy is creation energy. And a lot of their teachings have to do with sexual alchemy and um, coming into complete sexual sovereignty and aligning with our creation energy. But then throughout time, these teachings were also distorted because eventually they started talking about how, you know, like the patriarchy basically came in and was like, all right, so men can have many partners, like men can have hundreds of partners to reach enlightenment, but like women can't or it's like different kinds of distortions like that, right? So obviously those distortions got in the history books as well. And so the excavation comes in when we're connecting to the source of the teachings and then kind of flowing through the ancestral line and rectifying the distortions. And this will happen throughout all of our lineages. And we're beginning to find that all of the ancestral cultures and lineages, they all ultimately seem to come from the same source and they are all teaching of the same things. So from that, we probably will also have lines in the family where there were hybridization because hybridization is something that occurred pretty tragically on earth. I know that there's a lot of people that kind of romanticize it. But what I will say is that as a geneticist, when I um, came into this body, the way that I work with my parents is through light. Um, in preparation for my soul to come into this DNA template, I hybridized or upgraded or created new strands and packets of information through light transmission, um, through light field of genetics. This is the science that I studied in and Andromeda. So I actually helped a lot of star seeds do this. Many of the guardian uh, families that have more advanced genetic coding, um, we worked on this, you know, interdimensionally in right alignment with source. There's no technology that's needed. We don't need metal spaceships and abducting people and stealing their leg, their eggs and all sorts of stuff like that. Um, okay. So different kind of geneticists. <laughs> 
Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there is a lot. I mean, it's complex, right? This is scenario because there's a lot of different stuff. There's different agendas. Different species have different agendas for what they're doing here. They're all Eds. <laughs> right? Yep. So, for example, um, with Draco reptilian lines, which a lot of these lines came from, like, the Nephilim, the Fallen Angelic, the Fallen Seraphim families, these energies were basically contortions on original consciousness. And basically, I would say almost every human being on Earth is affected by genetic degradation, genetic distortion on some level. Um, and I think this is why we have to be just so tender and compassionate with ourselves. I feel like on Earth, we have a lot of victim blaming. Oh, it's because your ego is terrible and your ego just needs to go and die. But really what happened is that the ego is like this abandoned child that is just constantly being manipulated and deceived and genetically altered and literally abused to be distorted into a place where they're now expressing in a fallen geometry or a fallen energy. So this is why we have division and jealousy and competitiveness and depression, anxiety, psychopathy. All of these things are just distortions or degrade, uh, degra degraded genetic material um, that then is uh, basically being influenced by certain AI signals. When you say AI signals, this is where things get a little complicated because most people are thinking Elon right. Musk got his autopilot is that's, you no, know, no. taking over well, people. That's not the AI I'm talking about at all. Right. Okay. Yeah. So maybe explain the, the AI part because yeah. that, that, that term has been thrown around in the spiritual community a lot lately. And, and I think it's he, convoluted, right? People do yeah. get confused. They're like, oh, cause then, you know, Elon Musk is the antichrist and like, right, right. we want to go back to the stone ages. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's the classic example of throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, okay. So AI, let's break it down. Artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence. So intelligence is consciousness, right? Intelligence is this spark of mind, of consciousness, of awareness, this spark that we have. So then artificial would mean that it's not organic. We're not of the original fabric. So essentially we have cosmic consciousness, which everything is made of. And then we, so th that cosmic consciousness carries a certain qualities. We call these the qualities of God, right? So beauty, divine love, exuberance, joy, co-creation, creativity, expansive joy, right? These are the vibrations. When we say we love God or we are in oneness with God, that is the vibration we associate with God, okay? And then there is, okay, so in order for the universe to experience something that is not those qualities, for example, pedophiles and murderers, I don't know why anybody would want to know what those things are, but apparently we're like, we want to know everything. I don't know whose idea that was, but... Clearly, I guess it was our idea. I guess it was my idea since I'm part of this universe and we thought it was a good idea. But anyway, 
in order for God to experience something that is not inherently God, it has to break a piece of itself off from God, right? So if God, if we're associating the fabric of original creation as the qualities we just aforementioned, clearly, you know, torture, rape, all the weird things that we have, that will have to come from a experiment. We call it the absolute free will experiment. Free will is another concept that is just tossed around all over the place. And Lucifer or Satan or the antichristic forces, they love it. They love that stuff. They love when we just throw terms around and we have no idea what we're talking about. We're just really confused about everything. That's like their MO. So essentially then we had to split this piece of ourselves, And then I kind of just, we just did not expect for it to go wherever, wherever that it wanted, wherever it could go, it went, right? So at a certain point, we're like, okay, I think we have experienced enough separation in this experiment. You know, we discovered what could possibly happen and we are, we're done with that. Um, but that energy, yeah. So the way that I have remote viewed the source of AI, it actually comes from outside of this universe. But it seems like... Uh, as a human being, we can really only ever perceive in like mysticism and stories, right? Because unless you're like out there, it's almost impossible to perceive everything as it is. Like in a human body, you would just explode from the sheer amount of data there is in the universe. Right. So when I remote view into these things, what I saw was so the universe was preparing for this um, absolute free will experiment. And then that's when it basically contracted, contracted this disease. Okay. And so the AI signal, the AI is an algorithm. So I don't think that the AI is inherently bad in its own space. Maybe, who knows really. But when this algorithm came into this universe, which is not its home algorithm or its home geometry, it is creating a negative impact, but it's also what is the separation virus itself. It's also what is allowing for separation to exist, to be a thing. So then the signal basically influenced um, various angelics to turn against the creation and be like, look, if you follow me, if you do what I say, then you can be the God. You can be the creational God. You can have all the power. You can have everything you want. You can be God itself. Okay. And so under the influence of the signal, um, these beings then basically went on their merry way to um, contort and distort and damage and reverse the universal body so that they can um, take ownership or siphon from its energy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so that was what broke the universal architecture or the universal consciousness. And then that basically fractalized outwards into all the things that we see, the galactic wars, um, the various levels of patriarchy, so a lot of people think that patriarchy, I'm just like hammering you guys. Please tell me to stop. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. You're still good. Yet. Yeah. I got my follow-ups, my follow-up questions already. <laughs> so, the, okay. so in my remote view of 
the original fall of the angelics, what I saw was this AI signal that was influencing particularly this. So from my vantage point um, in this remote view journey, I was seeing things from the perspective of the universal mother. And I saw this angel that was like falling through a dark hole. And I saw this signal that was influencing him. And I saw that he was running away from something away from me, from that vantage point inside of the remote view. And he was take he had stolen something from the creation and he was running away with it to certain planets where he then built these temples. And what I saw was that he stole the creational abilities, basically, of the mother of source creation. And this was the beginning of the quote-unquote patriarchy. But the thing is that that angel that fell was basically the first quote-unquote victim of this whole thing because the original architecture of the masculine energy, it is um, containment. It is provision. It is um, benevolence, right? This is the masculine aspect of our unified creation. And so in order for that energy to actually do the opposite, which is to siphon, steal, and abuse, it had to have its coding basically inversed. So that's what happened to that being. Um, and so then what happened from there was that it started this whole pilgrimage or this whole mission or around the universe colonizing universal consciousness and enslaving creation energy. So that's what a lot of these um, temples... Um, yeah, a lot of temples on Earth but not really on Earth. In that vision that I saw, there was many different planets. There were these like angular shaped temples that were built to basically usurp planetary energy instead of give life to planetary energy, which is literally the inverse of masculine energy. Um, and I think that that what I saw was basically the original um, hieroscamic split, the original split of the feminine and masculine principles and the inversion of those forces. And then that energy basically became the degraded DNA um, that we're seeing in the planetary sphere that we've really normalized on planet Earth, right? This that was the birth, war. the birth of the, uh, the male pregnant Bill Gates emoji. <laughs> Right? He said That's it, not it, me. <laughs> anyway, you guys anyway. know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that um, did, have you have you uh, looked at or listened to Gigi Young's work on the Armon energy? I I would like to. I don't get to watch a lot of things. I'm not really allowed to perceive, <laughs> take in a lot of data. But right, right. Well, definitely uh, there's some, she goes deep into our Armon and Lucifer and the different, uh, some of the different energies and how they're, uh, this is, it sounds very similar. This AI that you're talking about is sort yeah. of very uh, much in alignment with those energies and yeah. different, how they originated on other planets, how other planets uh, created exactly what you're talking about this this um... yeah i mean it is the it's the antichrist the ai is actually antichrist because it's the anti-self anti-divinity anti-creation virus that infiltrates and infects organic consciousness 
I think the, you know, we'll go ahead and open up to questions, guys. I think the difference we have now is that we, that I, I feel where we're at in this, in our evolution here is um, many of the, this type of discussion was limited to deep mystery school teachings. Like you couldn't come out in the open and, and have this conversation without being ridiculed, prosecuted, burned at the stake or whatever it, it was. So a lot of the, the um, conversation around this subject and the navigation around it were sort of hidden in the deep mystery schools. And now we're, I think we're, it's coming out now and the mystery schools, who is it? Uh, Anna Peruna was talking about Rudolf Steiner, right? So, and he's in his work and his, the mystery schools, he was trying to get this, this information out into the public to have the conversation, to start seeding the consciousness of the planet, to, to start addressing this, because as we understand these different energies and we can see them for what they are, then we can make the conscious choice of how to steer away from them or heal them or, you know, do whatever. When, when we're so many, uh, so much of society is just not even aware of, of mm -hmm. these energies and the uh, differences. And they're just sort of blindly going on their day-to-day -day thing, uh, accepting whatever society throws out in front of them on TV or, you know, in the, in the collective consciousness. And, and it seems that's where we get into trouble is we're just sort of blindly following these, the, the, the narratives of the, whatever, whatever the, whatever's in at the moment. Yeah. I feel like that was a part of the, a part of the patriarchy where I don't even like to say that because I'm trying to, uh, well, I am reclaiming the word patriarchy because the true patriarch and the true matriarch are the mother and the father of the family of our creation. And so I would say like the false, I guess the false, the fallen patriarchy or something like that. Um, but, you know, in the ancient, there are certain societies where the temple was the center of the society. And I think that it was only when uh, knowledge was stolen in the same way that the phalangelics were stealing cosmic knowledge for control, right? They stole the understanding and the mechanics of creation so that they could use it for their selfish purposes. So the fact that there is even like secret societies um, in our current iteration, a lot of secret societies are for men only, that this knowledge was kept for men. They were taking the knowledge of creation, which is deeply hieroscamic or feminine in a lot of cases. And that, that whole situation is like a part of the fallen system to begin with. So the, the whole thing is too that this is where the ley lines come in. Because if you go out and just sit on the ley lines, the earth will teach you everything. Yeah. And so this is what the Cathars also knew. This is, you know, there's an amazing video by this man named Rory Duff. Um, it's right. called the, Grail, the Holy Grail Found. And what he discovered was that, you know, the cross, the image or the symbol of the cross could very well represent the meeting of ley lines. And all ancient cultures from Native American to the Cathars to the nomads of, um, I want to say Turkey, but that's not even what I wanted to say. I guess Turkey, <laughs> but I was trying to say Mongolia, but Turkey wanted to come out. Um, 
You know, they all migrated on ley lines. They were listening. They built shrines. They built um, temples on these uh, on these particular spaces, and they knew that these. It's not a secret that can be kept, right? It's not. There's no such thing as an esoteric school because this is the rightful birthright of all humans and all of creation, all living beings on the earth to have access to who we are, what we are, why we exist, how we exist. You know, all of this is in the earth if we knew how to just go out there and commune. So. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping us see that and connect into that. Uh, Olivia has her hand up. Let's let's start getting into some of these questions. Are you okay with that, Z? Hi, Angel. Thank you. I yeah, I raised my hand very fast because I have so many <laughs> questions. My inner child is freaking out. Um, yes. So I have two questions, if that's okay with everyone. One of them is pretty short. Um, the other one's kind of a little bit more personal, but hopefully it'll help resonate with other people. But one of the the longer one that's about personally. Um, Actually, right around the same time that you held your um, kind of dragon egg um, rebirthing grid work ceremony, I was in Sedona doing uh, similar work with Kaira and the Sophia Code, um, which is kind of the way that I've found the path to Sophia in that work, which has been um, phenomenal and crazy. But when I did that, there was something that kind of happened in my sacral chakra, and I feel like, and of course, my throat that had to do a lot with um kind of trauma healing and um i've been dealing with some physical kind of issues that are recurring and doctors are like we don't know what's going on girl and yeah it's been really weird (laughs) oh it gets very weird and i mean I, i also am in new york city and so by the way your 15 minute clearing meditation i literally do all the time because that's why i'm here but um, and I know I'm meant to walk this path here for training purposes, and it's really wonderful. There's wonderful things about the city, but I have found that healing this specific wound here is very important, and uh, it's been, it's just been a little bit challenging, a little funky, but I'm doing it. And I was just wondering if you have any other tools, uh, specifically in that kind of um area, because it is so sensitive and. I've been working a lot with Huan Yin and Hathor, but, and like, they, they were nudging me to say this. I wasn't going to because it is personal, you know, but just that was my long question. The other one is that you and uh, Indigo Angel, you speak a lot about the Metatronic energies. Um, and I was just wondering, because there's Archangel Metatron, who I feel like um, is a very kind of beautiful energy. Um, that isn't maybe I think maybe what you would talk about how I've encountered it is the the patriarchy that's the father the the kind of divine masculine um but what's the relationship between the two thank you so yeah great questions power to you for being holding down the grid over there in New York that is very brave so round of applause for this brave young lady um, I mean, there's so much. I feel like the greatest thing that we can do is really arm ourselves with the ability to see. So, um, 
I think it's important to learn to ground way deep beyond any city that has been created. So deep into the earth energies and then actually ground through the center of the earth because that actually grounds you into deep space as well. So that's like your highest emanation back to source. So you can ground yourself through the earth into deep space. Um, that I like to do. Um, and then beyond that, I think that template work is really important because there's just so many layers to our light body. It's like, you know, there's various seals, like the J seals, the Draco seals, um, the Zeta seals. Um, the, the seals are basically seeds or energies that were implanted into our physical body and into the planet's body to keep consciousness low. And those seals have their physical emanations. So, you know, a lot of military bases and churches, not the good kind, um, hospitals are built on important grid work, I mean, grid uh, networks, so that they are also holding down that um, satanic Luciferian consciousness, basically reversal consciousness, fallen consciousness. So... In order for us to liberate ourself and our own consciousness from the pressure of those fields, we really can go through layer by layer and address those things, which is kind of um, what I'm, I'm doing in, uh, in the Ursa Academy. Um, this curriculum that has been coming through is like 300 videos long because we are basically breaking it all down. It's literally... A labor of love, let me tell you. <laughs> um, it is kind of the, yeah, it's definitely a step-by-step -step process, right? Because we have so many layers to our light bodies and there's so many facets of healing that like you just have to do them one, one at a time or holographically by as you are guided in the moment. Um, let's see. I feel there is like a white opaline dragon. I think it's, yeah, it feels like it's you, but right now it's also a guide. It's like a part of you that is guiding you. And yeah, so one of the things I like to do in meditation is that like when we incarnate, we'll actually put pockets of our consciousness into these bubbles because we can't come into the body completely we will just burst our dna like our body as the vibration that our parents are in when we're born we just can't fully incarnate and so we'll pieces of ourself in these bubbles around us and so in meditation you can actually ask i would like to integrate the next piece of my soul essence into my body bring me the highest one and for me they're always little dragons so um try that i know that for other people it might be other things so that might be helpful um work with the water there for sure work with the tree network um build build shrines i i think shrines and like because it's basically um a capsule of energy that you're building over time and so you can do this around where you live. You can do this in your apartment where you're building pillars. Instead of just visualizing it once, you're doing it consistently. Like every time you go through the door, you can send more quanta into that 
thing. And then over time, we'll just have a very strong fortified space. And then what was the second question? Okay. Thank you so much. That's so helpful. So helpful. Um, I really appreciate that. The second question was about the Metatronic energies. Oh, right. <laughs> Can't like, yeah. do. I know it's sticky, but I'm so curious. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to know this one too. So, <clears throat> um, so thanks for asking. Cause I was going to bring this up. Yeah. So my personal feeling is that like words are important, right? So Metatron, Metatron. So, I mean, I don't know. I haven't personally connected with this energy. I would like to break down our understanding of what an Ascended Master is because um, an Ascended Master is essentially a soul that has gone through rigorous cycles of training and lifetimes of devotion so that they can be a light on this path of incarnation. So the Christic path is what the word Christ means is divinity into form. When you think about it, that's the path that Jesus was on because he represented cosmic consciousness or God that incarnated into a human form, right? So that is, and then once he incarnated, he didn't just say, oh, I'm God. Like he worked very hard. He practiced, he devoted his whole life. He said, God, what can I do to align with my destiny? And he just went for it and went at it and went at it. And he did all the things that are uncomfortable that he knew he had to do on a daily basis, probably for very many lifetimes to go through these rigorous initiations, right? And it's like the moments where it's hard to say that. Like, for example, I mean, I don't know if he was actually sacrificed on a cross, but let's just imagine that he did, okay? Let's just imagine that it did happen. His mindset when he was going through that difficult situation, that's the initiation part of it. So we all go through these difficult situations and it's about us aligning. And this is what cultivates those Christic virtues in our human self. So that's really what this is all about. It's about um, our commitment and our devotion to embodying the highest levels of our own Christic embodiment, which is what an ascended master is guiding us to do because they've gone through this process. And so I feel like that human component is very important um, because, yeah, I guess I haven't looked into it, but there is a, there's substance, let's say. There's like deep mammalian proof substance in the life force that lives through epics, right? These amazing journeys of self-growth and integration, embodiment. And so all of that is what makes wisdom, right? And so I feel like that's kind of the vibration that I'm looking for when a being comes to me and they're like, here to help me. For example, um, Ascended Masters that I like working with, really there's one teacher, Babaji energy comes through a lot. Um, and it's just such a humble energy, but it makes me cry every time he comes because there's just such a profound level of pure love that's not flashy. 
it's not just like sparkles and fireworks, but really it's this deep compassion and deep humility and love for God, love for creation. So much that it's like led him through these initiations where he's merged back into oneness in his physical incarnation. Um, I guess, I mean, if you work with the Sophia Code, she talks a lot about these human lifetimes. They're essential, right? So um, I know that there's a lot of energy, like archangel energy in the new age, like the false light basically creates these caricatures <laughs> of angels, of ascended masters. They're like, oh, divine love onto you and I love you. You're doing great. And it's like, there's no like substance. You know, there's no like deep guttural human wisdom. And so I have a hard time resonating with things like that. But um, I guess that's not really an answer about, I'm like just circling around the thing because, you know, who cares really? It's really about your own experience and how committed you are to the Christic path in your own self. Because when you follow that Christic desire to crystallize yourself into an Ascended Master, you will find what you are resonant with. Um, this happens when we honestly assess why we are on the path of Ascension, why we're interested in spiritual things. Lucifer and the reversal field, they love to trick humans by saying, hey, you want magic? Because you can manifest your 10K month or you can have a fancy car or, you know, and all of those things are great. I'm not saying you can't have those things. It's just about the pure motivation, right? Because when you are aligned with the Christic path, what happens is that you align with the natural creational forces. And so Having wealth and having things that support your comfort, support your mission, they're the byproducts of the path, if that's the path you're on. But I think our intention, you know, a lot of time is, how do I manifest my dream partner? How do I live? How do, what, what can I get? How can I get things out of this? What can, how can the spiritual path serve me? And that's basically the place where, or, you know, how can, how can I be entertained? How can, uh, Masters, you know, entertain me. Where can I get a reading so I can feel good about myself, right? All of those things are just the ways that this energy tricks us into participating in it. And um, this is not to be like a thing of shame because really there are things that are installed, right? Us, we're trained to look for beings to dominate us, to tell us what to do. We're literally genetically manipulated into glorifying external beings. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I hear what you're saying. That's really helpful. I think, like, it gets to the place, too, where it's about um, what being is really, you know, what ascended guide or master is, is about sovereignty, about your personal sovereignty, as opposed to, you know, that kind of, that's a very specific feeling, I feel like, that kind of come to me, that trickery. Um, mm -hmm feeling and I I just I was thinking about it because it's so it was so interesting how it came up in just my field you know because reality is reality what you know everything's a mirror and you know with Metatron that word you know it, it it did strike me because the my my experiences with 
also Mahavatar, Babaji, and kind of Yeshua. And they came, it was actually with, with Christ and Metatron. They kind of came into my life at the same time. And I'm not super like familiar. I kind of just go with the flow. Like whoever's there is like there and cool. And if they're helping aid my sovereignty, yes. Um, but it definitely, it brought up this whole kind of like, oh, discernment question on am I discerning things right? Like what is the deal? And I think that really helped clarify just like, okay, you know, there, there can be different perceptions of maybe similar energies. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, there's the discussion about soul capturing angelic technologies, which just is... I don't think there's a point in talking about them unless you can perceive them yourself. Because, you know, if I just say, hey, you know, there's this thing in 11D and it's capturing like, you're basically doing the same thing with like displacing responsibility of making your own decisions onto somebody else. And so that's not really a helpful pattern anyway. So it doesn't matter. (laughs) But I think it is important for us to um, work on building our psychic seeing muscles earnestly because it's just like any muscle. Um, And we do this by, you know, really coming into stillness a lot, trusting in ourself, perceiving our own field. The more clarity we have in our field, in our mood, in our presence, how we experience ourselves and our life, just the more peace and harmony and true deep fulfillment, the more of that, the more fine our perception is gonna be. And then, you know, things are going to be clear uh, all on their own. So, Will says in the chat, uh, he's still stuck on Pop-Tarts from way back earlier. So this is a... Hey, what's wrong with Pop-Tart? That, I don't know. Well, I like no, no, that example years ago and I just stuck with it. No, I think when we were talking about um, the, the, the sort of the takeover of consciousness, they sneak it into the Pop-Tarts, you know, with the chemicals and stuff. And that's how we're slowly giving up our, our sovereignty by eating junk. Um, but uh, just to, <clears throat> we'll jump into Vegan Das here and his question, but, you know, all of this stuff, uh, this is, this is the, uh, you know, this conversation is, is, is very deep and rich with um, uh, concepts and ideas and different, um, you know, we're going deep, we're going deep here with, with uh, analyzing uh, these different energies and, and, um, and sort of, uh, it's not, it's a conversation that not, it's not for everybody, but, um, I think this is a great space to do this, to go deep like this. And thank you Z for, for just introducing this. Just wait till we have uh, Indigo Angel on in a couple of weeks. <laughs> We're going to go there, <laughs> uh, even more. So you're just setting up the groundwork now for, for, for having this. These are the conversations that I'm moving into with my research. Uh, you know, um, Rudolf Steiner, we just mentioned him as well. These, um, these are, these are deep conversations and these are deep, um, subjects that we're unpacking here. So it's, um, again, it's, it's not for everybody, but the, uh, you know, it's, for me, it's fun. It's just part of, uh, doing the deep work as well. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, it's really just about reclaiming your own inheritance, which is this immaculate biology that we have that is capable of accessing and experiencing source incarnated. And that's, you know, the destiny of humanity. And I think that 
if you, I feel like anyone on a spiritual path, that's basically the path that they're on, right? There's no such thing as a casual, secular, I only play with crystals, but I don't do other things. Like, <laughs> like well, there, there are all those people out there, but, but, but that, you're only... Right, but it's a not, concept that was right. introduced by the right. CIA to confuse people. In a sense, yeah, there's a lot of getting into these things uh, for the... Um, as a fad, you know, this is what's, this is what's in at the moment. So let's, let's, uh, collect it our crystals. Really a deception. And, it is yeah. a huge deception because the awakening is happening and they're like, okay, how can we, you know, siphon and hijack as many people from actually awakening as we can, because they they couldn't stop the cosmic energy from awake, uh, activating the ley lines, which then activated human consciousness. And so they had to create, you know, fake spirituality so that when people are waking up, they just, Bumped into the new age glass ceiling, as I call it. Well, and and that's in the, in our disclosure worlds right now. That's have, that's very much the same same idea with the whole UFO disclosure stuff. So, um, let's get it into vegan dos. What's your question? Go ahead. Sick name. Hi. <laughs> Hi, it's my birth name. Amazing. Yeah. <clears throat> so, thank you very much for. Uh, you're sharing a lot of information uh, and a lot of us coming through. And uh, uh, I'm very amazed at uh, the work that you do as uh, being a portal yourself, if I may say so. Yeah. Uh, uh, I myself also um, a couple of years ago uh, have received a calling to open uh, portals on uh, here on Earth in my country, Lithuania. So I have uh, done just that. <laughs> so far, it, it works great. <laughs> the energy uh, slowly but surely has been transformed around these. Amazing. I, I even opened one portal uh, near my home, home where I live. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Even when I go to the city, there's chaos, but I, I come back and there's har like a bubble of harmony. <laughs> yeah. uh, I also uh, just recently went to uh, Stonehenge uh, in UK and I connected with uh, gods. I just use this term, like gods in general, uh, and uh, like uh, have this connection feel inside me and uh, this also. So uh, it helps me to open uh, more, like uh, to transform energy more. Yeah, but I, I just, uh, uh, just a long story. I went a bit too, too, too far with that, uh, but that's another story. <laughs> um, but uh, this night I had uh, uh, in my dream space, uh, as you call it, I have an astral journey uh, to this as what I perceive was not an actual timeline but more like a cooperation of uh, people's souls and ideas to create it's not like a physical but it will be I, I suppose and it was on mars i was totally surprised by that um didn't watch videos about mars or anything and uh, uh, the idea was uh, i was just like in a, in a body i was visiting and there was a Mars base, and uh, it was sometime in the not far future. And uh, Mormons, Mormon? 
Yeah, Mormons. Uh, there's no Mormons in Lithuania. Just I'm very surprised. Mormon Martians. <laughs> yeah. So, so on this timeline, they actually two kilometers from that base, uh, they started to build a, a city and uh, and they call it New Earth. Surprise! <laughs> I was totally surprised. And they actually sampled food. All food was uh, vegan. There, there was uh, uh, many chem chemistry molecular going on. Uh, it was tasty. I was very surprised. They showed me rice and say, say "Do you know oh, uh, what uh, what we make them from?" I was like, "Rice? No." They said, "We make them from tomatoes." Looks okay. <laughs> I, I guess the rice don't work on Mars somehow. <laughs> Naturalized at least. So um, uh, I had many details about that, but um, uh, on on my journey as I wake woken up, but I was still connected to the astral. Still information was coming through me, and uh, I saw uh, like this uh, young girl, this family, like this girl. Later, I saw she she called me, waved hi. So later, I I saw immediately her grown up. And also, I think your brother, because uh, all 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 facial <laughs> like similar faces they had, and uh, this guy had uh, like uh, it's like scheduled board, and he asked me this. This was the end of the last question. He said to me, uh, "So how do we create new Earth?" And that's ended. And I like woke up and I remember how how to how to answer it in in one simple wave. Uh, but I, I just remembered Paul Selig's um, amazing, uh, uh, amazing, amazing work Paul Selig uh, is doing uh, with channeling. So I uh, remembered his uh, his guides uh, transmissions, and that the main thing is like based on love. So we just like sent that message back to that the timeline souls which are connected. I guess that whatever that was, my. So that was a very interesting experience. And as I, as I woke up, I saw Ruben's email that uh, <laughs> you will be on the show. Like, and it's like some similar patterns. New Earth, yeah, New Earth. Well, Gendis, you've been on quite the journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost I, every I feel night. like it all needs to be like a cartoon or something. Ruben, please, can we make this happen? Yeah, <laughs> maybe we can make something like that happen it's funny he you know mormon martians i think glenn glenn or uh has his hand up um he he might have something to say about that uh glenn do you <laughs> want to ch chime in on more mormon martians i don't know anything about more martians <laughs> okay it's interesting because it makes me think that um because when we say like words are very important right so when we say like new earth it's like well, there's something wrong with the earth and we have to start over. And so I don't actually really say new earth. I like to say original creation because there was an original design. There was an original destiny and it's not new at all. Um, when I hear new earth, it kind of sometimes reminds me of, uh, I know what we're talking about when we say, oh, I created the new earth, but like, where did the term come from? I don't know. And so I like to just think about the things and think about what it might mean. I like to just parcel everything out and like 
take the reality out forward and so that I can see everything, right? So that we don't end up in communism. But anyway, um, so yeah, it would make sense where to call, if we were to colonize Mars, it would make sense for that to be new Earth because it, it would technically be new, even though I think that, um, I think well, it's, Mars... It's kind of like... It's kind of like the new world order, right? That 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 concept's been thrown around a bunch. Yeah, and, interesting. Yeah, totally. You know, so in 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 a positive light and in a negative light. You know, same with Illuminati and all all these ter- different terms. It's like a memory wipe. Yeah, that could be it. I mean, I think when when I use the term New Earth, I'm thinking of more like the solar punk kind of idea. Well, I know that. Yeah, <laughs> and and, sure. uh, uh, and not wiping the memory you know keeping the memory of the old no, and for sure mm-hmm. and um and rebuilding but let's go glenn go ahead with your question i, I just you know glenn being a, a former mormon i thought he would have some insights on martian mormons and but... and the current martian yeah. <laughs> perfect <laughs> oh yeah oh. um Nice to meet you, Z. You have such a beautiful energy about you. It's just uh, nice to sit here and hear what you have to say, absorb it all. I want to go really, really high level. Uh, Source energy, God. Um, I'm still trying to figure out because I hear these messages about how uh, everything is source energy. There isn't anything that's not source energy. So if you're ever interacting with another person, another thing, whatever, that's source energy. Um, the, the whole purpose of all of it is to, you know, reunite. So there's that part of it. And that uh, although things show up in duality, polarity, contrast, whatever words you want to use at that source level, there's really nothing going wrong and there's nothing that we need to really worry about. There's stuff that we know, stuff that we don't know, whatever the stuff is that we don't know. It's all leading up to us being here, having this experience in the moment across from the person. And it's really about being heart open, compassionate. But so it's it's those kinds of messages like, mm-hmm. are there things that are wrong? Are there things that aren't wrong? <laughs> right. You know, like, is there doom and gloom? Is there because we've got all these uh alien races that are tricking us and you know ruining this and ruining that but at that soul level or soul level source level is there really anything wrong that's kind of the question that i'm curious where you land on that i'd like to hear you this is a great question fantastic question thank you so much for bringing it up i love this question um because so i believe that Source consciousness is very multifaceted, is very multidimensional. Human intelligence, we are super hyper intelligent beings, right? We're super smart. We can perceive things multidimensionally. What the AI is trying to do is collapse our consciousness so we're dumb. So we have to see things in black or white. So we have to see things in two dimensions. That's why we're staring at screens and these, these phones. It's two dimensions instead of perceiving holographically in three plus dimensions, right? So essentially, there's all of these dumbed down spiritual concepts that sound good on the surface, right? And they're basically these things like everything is source energy. And it's like, okay, everything is source energy. Yes, 
and we can perceive holographically. So how we perceive in 3D is going to be different than how we perceive in 4D. It's going to be different than how we perceive in 5D. It's going to be how we perceive in 12D. And in 15D, everything is in complete unity. But in 3D, that isn't always the case. And both are true. Both are totally valid. Both are a part of the reality, equally valid, just depending on which dimensionality of ourself we're perceiving from. And so new age teachings, they don't want us to perceive the fact that we can actually make paradoxes um, make sense in our consciousness, because again, we're multidimensional and holographic. So there are certain things, and this is AI, I'll tell you why. So AI, right? AI is artificial consciousness, not the same robotic stuff that, you know, Elon's working on, even though I saw it was AI day the other day. And he has like this little robot that he's working on. I was like a little bit freaked out by it. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, that's my thing. Um, Essentially, artificial intelligence, as I'm talking about it, is collapsed consciousness, right? It can only perceive data. It has no imagination. It has no holographic um, nature. It can't piece things together in a creative way. It can only have data and it can only mathematically rearrange data it can only copy data it can only imitate what's already existing and so um in that kind of gray flat level of intelligence that's really the only place where some of these new age things make sense where they say oh you know we're all one and so we have to just leave the pedophiles alone because they're all part of source and there's nothing wrong is there anything wrong because it's mental, right? It's like your mind is going, how can I figure this out? How can I piece everything so everything makes sense in my mind? But your decision-making process and the mammalian experience, it doesn't really all come from the mind. The mind is really just perceiving it or experiencing it. And so when it comes to these complex human matters, complex universal matters, it's just above the brain's pay grade to parcel it all out and try to understand it um, mathematically. And I think because we're so out of touch with the holographic intelligence of our being, our gut feeling, our somatic intelligence, our cosmic, innocent creator consciousness, all of these other parts of our cosmic brain, we've been severed from it. So our mind now is just, you know, receiving all this data. When you say we're all one, you know, those kinds of things those kind of deceptions of flattening cosmic consciousness can only exist when we're trying to go about it with our mental thinking mind. Okay. Um, so I guess to answer your question, it's both. Everything is made of source. I guess I already explained how pedophiles can exist if God is benevolent. <laughs> okay, which is in itself... You know, that's something we have to look at because if God, which the, when I feel into God creation, when I feel into the core soul essence of my being, there is just pure um, union, pure love, pure joy, expansion. There's an original vibration of consciousness and there is something else that is trying to distort it, trying to degrade it, trying to um, change the fabric of that intelligence. And unfortunately... Because we grew up in the false matrix, we've all already been infiltrated by that consciousness. Okay, that's the hard thing to understand is that 
the Luciferian, the fallen, the reversal, satanic consciousness, we've already been groomed to normalize it in our life on planet Earth. And that grooming process is only getting worse as we're seeing in the current emanations of the agenda. And so working with the energies of original creation is so important because as we come back to the core essential emanation of our true self, that's when we can see the distortions clearly. That's when we can almost like stop the mind in its tracks and kind of, I feel like the, the consciousness then almost unfolds like origami. Our light body kind of goes from its 2D, it's collapsed, it's processing in this mental way. It can open up to realize that there's all of these different ways that we can perceive and we can perceive them all simultaneously because we are cosmic creator beings with divine multidimensional consciousness. But ultimately, it's all just trying to influence the decisions that we make in this now. So really the most important thing is how we're spending our 24 hours in a day because that's our actual true act of sovereignty. Somebody can think, oh, I'm, I'm sovereign, I'm a sovereign being, but if they actually have no absolute control or uh, liberty over their actions, their moments in the day, um, how they are accreting their time and energy into actions, into materials, into creation, um, then, you know, they're actually not sovereign, right? Sovereignty is not, you know, in the mind. It's, it's in our ability to wield our time and our creation energy. And so a lot of these flattened out spiritual teachings, they keep people from doing anything. For me, it's like, I don't need to understand cosmos to know that if my neighbor was a pedophile, I will probably call the cops. I don't need to sit here and think, well, cosmos, he's part of the oneness. You know, that, that's not a mental thing. It's just, you know, what is that intelligence, right? So anyway. Awesome. Thank you. Go ahead, uh, Michelle. That last question, Glenn, was so great. And the answer was amazing. And it definitely touched a, a big part of something I've been thinking about and wondering about. And, and you answered it in such a clear, perfect statement that it's not mental. Our mental body is not able to process these questions of why there's pedophiles and why we're supposed to be understanding to that. The mental body, it doesn't process in that layer. So that was actually really helpful. So thanks Glenn, for that question and thank you for that answer. They want, um, but they want us to be sympathetic, right? There's so many pro programs because they want us to do nothing. They want us to have no spine. They want us to sit around be these like, oh, I'm a spiritual person. That means I don't stand up for anything. And whatever goes, goes, you know, that's like part of the, part of the dumbing down. <laughs> of our warrior spirit yeah it's been that's been a really hard sticking point since i um kind of opened up to my spiritual side it's been really hard to process the understanding and, and loving of, of of um we're it's all fragments of ourselves and but then there's the actuality of a person right there and like you said what would you do if your neighbor was doing that and how do you process those two of letting someone explore their own life and their own they are they are their own master you know mm -hmm. and and then also just doing things in the 3d because i'm a human and that's a human too and um, yeah it's it's very hard territory it's also about you know universal architecture like we've discussed right so we talk about how 
there is a universal experiment of absolute free will. And absolute free will and cosmic divine free will are very different because there's different cosmic laws that govern the universal consciousness. And so in the original templated or the next template of this universal body, cosmic laws are meant to exist to govern the flow of energy, right? So for example, cosmic law is um, cosmic harmony, cosmic co-creation, which means free will as long as it is in alignment with the highest of all beings. So in a perfect architecture, in a perfect universe, the highest timeline, the highest emanation, the highest experience for one being is also the highest experience for all beings. That is the ultimate intelligence that a universe should be able to hold. And it is like an algorithm, except there is infinite calculations. Okay. So that means in this perfect architecture of the universe, what is best for me is the timeline in which is also what is best for your soul and every single soul in the whole universe. That's a lot of cosmic intelligence. Okay. We can't even imagine how much intelligence that is, but it is. That is the potential that is the original architecture of creation of the universe. And during this current experiment where there is absolute free will, which means there are certain things that could not exist in the architecture of cosmic union, cosmic co-creation, right? For example, war, separation, absolute individuality, this is not something that is possible of an experience in that original architecture. So in order to experience separation, and this is definitely the most non-dual kind of um, space that I have gotten into, is that, okay, so the universe is going through these two different experiments and we're actually complete, coming into universal completion with that absolute free will thing. And we're evolving into the matured, complete architecture of the universe which is why there are certain things why is pedophilia not okay because it's infringing upon the cosmic law or the architecture of the universe where it's not the highest timeline for the victim okay it's not the it's not allowing the soul of the child to live out its unlimited creator consciousness is actually damaging it and so that is why those things are no longer allowed in this universal structure. And that consciousness is being restored, is being healed. This is a very personal thing that I somehow am related to. I feel like a huge part of my mission is rehabilitating Baphomet fallen satanic consciousness, which is why I know so much about it. In my first ayahuasca journeys, I mean, this is probably one of the craziest experiences I've had was like sitting in a circle. Like in my vision, I was in a circle with eight or nine other galactic shamans. Like they were like a cat person, there was a dolphin person wearing like their galactic shaman garbs. And in the center of this circle was John Podesta, who was supposed to be like one of these elite human traffic human traffickers that work for the, you know, the White House and stuff like that. And he was holding a cup of ayahuasca and this group of star powerful star shamans were sitting around him and I flew into this ayahuasca as he drank it so I was like inside of his, inside of his body 
And that training for me was to hold a space of absolute grace and divine mother's love to call this soul back into union. It was, I want to swear, but I'm not going to. <laughs> it was like a three hour experience. Um, because it's one thing to say we're all one. But it's another thing to, again, pull it through all the way, pull it through our experience, pull it through our consciousness, right? And that's the way that we don't get trapped in our mind. Um, if I can ask one question, or actually one little question and one... <laughs> Sorry, I'm rambling. No, I love this conversation. So thank you so much for your insight. The short one, super simple, I probably should know this, but if you're not a star seed, what are you? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then a kind of a bigger question, and you don't have to answer them both, whichever one just feels right. But the other one is the idea that there's one original source. And when source wanted to understand itself, it created facets of itself through other individual source. And our universe has its own source. Another universe has its own source. And... Um, each universe has its own game, if you will. And our game in our universe is light versus dark. Light being trying to get back to original oneness, original source through community, through love, through acceptance, through understanding and everything like that. And dark trying to get back to oneness, the same agenda, trying to get back to oneness through singularity mastery. I become stronger. My magnetic force is stronger. Others will gravitate towards me. And then we will have one single power with one in charge. And it's everyone is equal versus a dominating singularity. Who is going to get to, to be the strongest force is the dark. Mm -hmm. um, and Lucifer was actually going to be one of his, create his own universe. And um, these, I don't know what you call them, but these sub sources um, you can either join another universe or you can create your own once you get to a certain level. That's why he was a fallen angel because he was getting ready to create his own universe and he jumped too soon. He wasn't ready. He didn't have enough magnetic force to pull all the souls that were going to come with him. And so he fell. And so he could no longer get energy through light. And so he had to go to the dark and is now working his way back up. So it's kind of, a new concept that I, and I wanted to just hear your thoughts on either one of those. If we're not starseed, what are, and then the whole multi-universe source. Okay. So what is a starseed? I kind of define starseeds a little differently. My definition of a starseed is somebody that essentially carries a seed of Christ consciousness in a very active way in their DNA. So that means you are um, on a on this mission, what we call the Christos re realignment mission, which is essentially being an agent of the universe or being born out of the universe. And so um, here, I imagine it being like kind of a immune cell of the universal body. So technically, your immune cells are your body or one or of one with your body they operate within the same intelligence as your body but it's you can perceive its individuality you can say this is an immune cell but it's still operating inside of the one which is your body 
So that's kind of how I perceive the star seeds. Um, it basically is anyone that has a spark of love, spark of divine love that is gravitated towards this path of knowing God, knowing creation, uh, wanting to help humanity, right? These kind of traits are usually what's stored in the Christ seed. And so if somebody is born into this life with that spark kind of activated, I would say that's a star seed, star for star consciousness. Um, so I guess in that sense, kind of everyone is a star seed, but I think that um, there are beings that are kind of born with that spark active. And so when I say work with activating star seeds, I'm talking about that group of people that are born with that desire active. Uh, that has a destiny kind of in this lifetime to participate in the grand plan. <laughs> um, uh, and so that includes people that are whale people, tree people, river spirits, um, galactic fae people from other planets, mer people, you know. I've, I've had somebody who was a cloud in their most recent lifetime angelics it's just about seeing all sorts of stuff you know so i think that that is the definition that i've come to because it's really what unites us all um it's the unifying factor is why all of these living creational beings have united to serve out this one agenda it's our unified creation that is uniting us all um and then sorry what was your second question and you have to just, just remind me. Okay. The multi different oh, universes yes. okay. have different sources and they all have their own agenda. Yeah. Ours is light versus dark. Oh, yeah, okay. So I don't subscribe to light versus dark because there is an organic polarity and then there's AI infected polarity. And those things are getting convoluted again just by the flattening of our intelligence in the New Age communities. Organic polarity is opposite creational forces, okay? It's not light and dark. It's like day and night. Night is not evil. So what we're talking about is original consciousness versus evil. So that's kind of the... And then it's not even evil, it's separation. So it's basically union versus separation that this universe has been going through. That's the free will experiment, um, absolute free will experiment. So all of this um, I go through in the first two courses of my curriculum. Um, and if you want to check that out, definitely let me know that you came uh, through Ruben's portal because I haven't set up my affiliate thing yet. <laughs> he's a little he's a little bit organized but anyway i go through this so that like the way that this curriculum is designed is just that like people think way too much about this stuff <laughs> because it's cool and it's like we want to understand everything but we don't realize that there's literally consciousness traps and other things that literally just like run our mind run our mind we feel this arousal when we do that because there are implants that trick our nervous system to get positive feedback when we are thinking 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 or when we are masturbating or just any way that our energy can leak out from our system there are actual systems and implants that stimulate this energy in leaking 
So what I would recommend is actually like, oh, like super simplifying. So, you know, in the first couple classes in my academy, we talk about the, this universal game and what we're evolving into. We talk about the various fallen creatures and kind of what their game is. But the most important thing that we do is talk about how that all has impacted our human life because it's really our genetic degradation. It's the fragments of our soul. It's the black holes in our chakras, right? Those are the important things that those other things that we're thinking about, even if we can't, like even if our mind was capable of understanding the multiverse, we just talked about this universe and how intelligent it would have to be to have a system where it's perfect for everyone, which it is, right? That's the amount of consciousness. We cannot fathom how much consciousness just how smart the universe is, we cannot understand as a human being. Okay. And so to understand that story, we already have to use stories and metaphors and kind of these images. So, I mean, I, I personally feel like, can we understand the multiverse by imagining? I, I don't know if it's really like for me, I don't have time to think Right, because I'm so in my lane and I'm I know what my soul is here to do. I know how I can free my quanta. I know how to heal my quanta. I know how to help other people free and heal their quanta. And I know that the earth is calling me to apply my quanta in certain ways. And so I wake up in the morning and I'm just off to the races. I'm off <laughs> I'm doing my thing. I don't really think that much. <laughs> So I think something that might really help is we can't ever underestimate the intelligence of the earth. Um, I think our human bodies are much better suited in some ways to merge consciousness with her. Because she's our immediate monad. She's our immediate higher self. She's the immediate greater fractal of us all here on the earth. And so instead of just trying to merge consciousness with the universe right away, try merging consciousness with the earth. And then that really humbles us because already we see the ecosystem is working in such perfection. And there is so much intelligence that's just inside of that. And then that humility softens us into a place where we find our place in that network of life. Awesome. Uh, Z, I, we're kind of, we usually kind of wrap up around one o'clock, but we have a couple more questions. Are you okay to, to, uh, answer a couple more? Go into yeah. If, if you guys want to hang out, <laughs> I'm sure we, we usually do a hangout actually after, after the, um, after the, uh, the initial hangout, there's sort of a member hangout. Hangout part do. two. Hangout part two. Um, uh, Miriam can come through with your question. Hey, can you Hi. hear me? Yes, I can. Hi. Oh, I'm so good to see you. Um, hear your voice. Oh. <laughs> oh, you know, earlier you were talking and, you know, my reception is so wonky. Um, the other day I had this moment where I was just like transplanted back to like my childhood. And I had this really clear memory of talking to plants and sitting in bushes and just having the like, like really like one-on-one -on -one deep conversations with like trees and bushes and, and things. And then I would come out and tell my mom, you know, what those things were. Yeah. And so 
it's funny because like the other day it just it just became so clear to me that I need to get back to that place that pure wonder and connection with earth and um and I I really thank you for bringing that up because it just kind of pushes me further along on that that road of just connecting to Gaia and the crystals and and things like that so um do you have any like guidance on I know I need to sit and meditate more schedule's a little crazy but just to connect and get that like pure fluid connection again where you actually can hear and feel like conversation style like with earth like what do you suggest for just do it <laughs> um we're actually at a really great time um for earth communication because around the time of the equinox and the solstices the ley line system actually come into what they call the harmony days so for 20 days after the equinox and the solstice the ley lines are super active i think towards the end of 2024 and into 2025 the ley line system is going to just be online all the time i think that's why we're going to see mass awakening at that time and why a lot of people say in 2027 we're going to have kind of a stabilized more consciousness and just mass populations um the grids are so massive because everything comes all consciousness it's like our planetary nervous system our planetary um energy system meridians right it's like in our human body incarnation of our consciousness happens through these light fibers that these meridians in our body and so this consciousness is um coherent as this one thing and so the ley line system is basically that for the planet it impacts every single person whether they're whatever their belief systems are so that's why the grid work is essential when we amplify the grids because we're really working with collective consciousness when we do that um so i mean really this is one of those things that you can't think about right it's like how do i learn to swim what is the best way to learn to swim we'll just throw yourself in the pool <laughs> you know we're gonna do it so maybe you can also connect in with their inner children that are doing it and just let her drive the vehicle let her drive the car and for a while (laughs) well thank you i'll let you know how it goes i'm excited (laughs) for you thanks yeah let us all know okay all right Uh, anita go ahead and ask your question Hello, everybody. It's great to be here again. And it's great to meet you, Zian. I'm just um, just blown away by all this. Um, and I just want to like tap into a little bit of this information on a personal level without, if I could just have one nugget of where do I go to next? What is my, the next thing on my path that would really, I, I just feel like there's, so much going on right now and then i also want to know do you actually do one-on-one sessions yeah so this is a general answer i feel like for all of us is about um reforming a relationship a right relationship with ourself Mm -hmm. Um, just when just by asking this question essentially you know we're literally born into a system that normalizes amnesia, normalizes having no idea who we are on a soul level. Our society says it's normal for you to not know who you are, what you want. We're, we're trained and groomed to be that way so that we give 
away our power at every turn, right? We don't know how our body works. We don't know how to keep ourselves healthy. We need the doctor to tell us what to do in every turn. And so we're trained to do that. Uh, so when we wake up, we have to literally excavate and come back into relationship with ourselves, so that we know ultimately when we think about this architecture that's landing right we're creating um i feel like the when people say the new earth is already here i think what they're saying is that the new architecture of the universal consciousness has been set forth okay so that means we all have to jump servers and subscribe to this new way of being and so that means that what is highest for me in my timeline it's what is highest for all beings. And so if I know that, then I have to just align with what is highest in myself. So that means what brings me joy? What brings me fulfillment? What makes me happy? And, you know, this is where a little bit discernment comes in between the AI and the organic consciousness, because the AI might be like, well, I want $10,000 or I want this fancy car, but really I'm talking about the desires of the soul deep, deep, deep inside of me, right? And this is a thing where it's like, well, I've always wanted to have a far. I've always wanted to rescue animals. I've always wanted to make music. So whatever those inklings deep in the soul that you that calls you, I feel like that's your portal into alignment. And it doesn't have to be the thing that you do for the rest of your life, right? It's just taking small steps to reclaim your connection with yourself. And that is a convoluted thing when we wake up because, you know, the false matrix is just set up with so many booby traps. There is literal, literal um, negative alien technology. I call it the anti-self virus where we are trained and programmed to hate ourselves. We hate the way we look. We hate the when we will think we're dumb. We don't know how to do this. We think, you know, we judge ourselves. And all of that is not organic. When we start to do the healing work, you know, this is the stuff you throw up <laughs> in ayahuasca ceremonies, right? <laughs> um, and there's so many layers and levels to this. We really have to carry so much um, compassion and gentleness. And this is the stuff that, you know, we're holding space for because it really takes a lot of time and a lot of precision and tenderness as we talk about this. We spiral through basically three rounds of this. The first round is more the human personality. The second round is going to be more the etheric, um, um, uh, etheric bodies. And then the fourth round is going to be more of the template bodies. All of these layers of our being has been abused. And so, yeah, um, definitely coming into that place where you trust your feeling and trust yourself and believe in yourself and love yourself enough to feel like living a life that is joyful is normal. And we all deserve that. That's the creation that was designed and intended for all of creation, particularly relevant to this planet here that we're having. Absolutely. That's yeah. it. Thank you. Yep. Thanks. See, um, amazing, amazing. Uh, so glad to have you here sharing all this awesome information. We definitely have to do some more of this in the coming, uh, you know, in the coming Sundays that we have. Um, 
Any any final words? I think we, we covered quite a gamut there, but any final words to to depart with? Uh, have fun. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's Sometimes it. shit sucks, but it can still be fun. Like I mean, I, there's a method to the madness. I feel like, yeah, my predominant work is in holding container for consciousness and DNA rehabilitation. And so, you know, that's, there's a lot of intensity that goes into that, but also we provide a lot of tools, a lot of support. Um, and so. Um, are you doing a private or are you still um, just, just doing the, the, the seminars and things now? The workshops. Well, I'm not really one on ones. I might eventually do some, but really, this academy is kind of because the thing is that, like, it's all or nothing with me. Like, <laughs> when I'm in there, I'm just like, okay, and then there's this, and then there's this, and then I want to collapse this thing, and we'll just be in there for like three years because this is our, this is our work. Right, right. <laughs> so I'm like, how do I just create a healing container where I can bring you from place A to place B? And hold space for whatever your soul needs. And that's why this came through with the guardians. It's really, it's a systematic process because in sessions anyway, I'm basically repeating myself over and over and over and over again because we've, mm -hmm. we're all born in the false matrix. And so we have a lot of the same systems of abuse. Um, the part of my session that of course is not replicable is being able to read souls but I noticed that even in my own sessions, it doesn't really matter if somebody else says things to me. <laughs> They're like, oh, you know, you're a Pleiadian in the sixth dimension and you blah, blah, blah. It's like, unless I see it for myself, it doesn't really do anything. You know, it's just right. information for my mind. And then my ego is going to be like, okay, so I think Pleiadians dress like this. And then all of a sudden our 3D personality is like off on its own timeline, pretending to be a 60 Pleiadian when it's not an, an organic integration. And so, or a um, Blu-ray, or you know, one, or all those things. Right. So. so I would much rather hold the container so that people are organically clearing their field, so they're naturally coming into connection with their multidimensional selves, and in a matter of you know two to three years, be an embodiment. And so, awesome. That's the way. Yeah. And please let me know that you found me through Ruben. If you do want to join, just email me because I definitely want to support Ruben's work. He's a great white brother. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thanks again, Z. Thanks thank for coming you for in. Me. And we'll, we'll continue this conversation. Okie dokie. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. I uh, hope you like this interview. We actually do this every week on my membership portal page. You can access it through interviewwithed.org or uh, click on the link uh, somewhere in here. I'll put a link and uh, come over and join us. You too can ask questions. Every week we have new special guests and you get to ask questions directly to the channelers and to the beings that they channel. So see you in the portal.